The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Hallelujah. Everyone, can we just lift our hands to Yeshua this morning? And let's bless the name of the Lord. Privilege we have to gather together on a Sunday morning like this. Particularly after the lections that held yesterday. Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Ten lepers came to Jesus. And they gave them an instruction to go and present themselves to the priest. The Bible said as they went, they were healed. But only one of them came back to give God thanks. And he was surprised. He said, where are the other nine? We prayed for God to help us all through this election season. That we did not want our nation to descend into chaos and into violence. And though we know it was not perfect... But we can still move around. We can still gather. We can still go to work tomorrow morning. Children can still resume school next week. Most schools actually suspended school for tomorrow. Some schools, don't let me say most schools. Because there was concern about what was going to happen. And Father, we've come today as the church to just say thank you for all your help that we have enjoyed. Thank you for the peace that we are enjoying. Thank you for the freedom of movement that we are enjoying. And though we know the election process is not over yet, Lord, we thank you that what we have started will be perfected in the name of Jesus. We give you praise for your help that we are seeing on a national level. And we continue to pray for this nation. We continue to watch and pray until we come to the place where you have designed for us to be as a nation in the name of Jesus. Lord, we say take all the praise, take all the glory. Come on, open your mouth and just thank God in your own way. Thank God for Nigeria one more time. Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And the people of God shouted a louder, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Before you take your seat, let me turn to a lady or a mother around you again. Let's greet them. Say, happy Mother's Day. Find a mother around you. Yes, you can give them a hug or shake their hands or something. You know, the women are very special, particularly Nigerian women. Today is Mothering Sunday, mainly celebrated in the UK and many parts of the world. But there's also going to be another Mothering Sunday or Mother's Sunday celebrated in the US. So in Nigeria, we get to celebrate Mother's Day at least twice. That's apart from the birthdays and the anniversaries and all the other things. So here in Kingswood, because our headquarters church is in the US, we usually do it bigger on the second celebration, which is in May. So for those of you that may be wondering why we are not doing a grand celebration today, that's the reason. We are discussing this morning whether we should be shifting our mother's celebration to March. Maybe I should just take a general poll. Church, which one do you prefer? Should we be doing it in March or we should be doing it in May? Or we should just do both? <laughs> I think that will be discussed on another level. But all the same, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers in the house. Can we say happy Mother's Day to them one more time? 
you will continue to shine, you will continue to be fruitful and glorious in the name of Jesus. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. All right, Isaiah 60. Let me start from there this morning. I'm going to be, try to be as quick as possible. Although I know most um, polling places have closed, I hear there are still some other places that still have elections today. But like we saw on the artwork, we want to bend a bit in what we are, we've been teaching in church. We are talking about the grace and the power of God that he always makes available to us. And as we've said, in times like this that we are living in, in our nation, and what is going on in the world, you can always depend on the grace and the power of God made available to you. Somebody say, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. All the days. God will always make grace, power, mercy, goodness, kindness available. The Lord God is a son and a shield. He will give grace and glory. And when things fail in the natural or when things are difficult in the natural, you should not succumb to hopelessness. You may not have anything you can hold on to, naturally speaking, but you can train yourself and help yourself to hold on to God's grace, hold on to God's goodness, hold on to God's mercy. And that's how you're going to come out of difficult times when things fail in the natural. You can't live hopelessly. You, you, you have to fight that. That's a constant war you are fighting. It's a spiritual battle that you are going to fight as long as you're on this side of eternity all the days of your life. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Satan is always working on erecting strongholds, negative strongholds, casting down every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, um, trying to build things into people's hearts and minds that are contrary to God's words to them, contrary to God's promises to them. And if he can succeed in doing that, he has won in any particular life. Because what we see on the outside, what comes out of your life, is directly connected to what is going on on the inside of you. So you win the external battles by winning the internal battles. And a big part of that is being filled with hope. Because without being filled with hope, you can't live by faith. And without faith, you can't access the grace and the power that God makes available to you. That's a brief summary of what we've covered in the last few weeks. So, so important. Hallelujah. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, send your word to us today. 
No, I'm not asking you to pray. Just <laughs> you don't have to pray the prayer with me. Send your word to us today, Father. Let us hear your voice. Let us receive that which you are making available for us individually and nationally. And help us to walk in the fullness of what you have ordained for us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Isaiah 60 from verse 1. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth. A time is come, or it's really being fulfilled, but this prophet is saying a time will come, you will look all over the earth and there will be Stories of darkness, gloominess, negativity all over the earth. And deep darkness, the people. But, hallelujah, in that time of darkness and in those seasons of darkness and in those periods of darkness, the Lord will arise over you. And his glory shall be seen upon you. Hallelujah. Verse 3, the Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Now, it gets very interesting here. Your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant. Hallelujah. And your heart shall swell with joy. In a time where there's darkness all over the earth and gross darkness all over the people, your own story will be different. Somebody shout aloud, amen. amen. Your heart shall swell with joy because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. The multitude of camels shall cover your land. <laughs> The dromedaries of Midian and Ephah, still talking about wealth of nations coming to you. All those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense and they shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedah shall be gathered together to you. The rams of Nebrat. So he's mentioning different places, different nations or kingdoms at the time of this prophecy. And he's saying all their wealth shall come into your land. Your land. The rams of Nebrot shall minister to you. They shall ascend with acceptance to my altar. So as all the wealth of the nations is coming into the land, into the nation, it will flow to the altar of God or the church of God or the house of God. And I will glorify the house of God. Of my glory. I want to read on. Um, I won't read the whole chapter, but I want to get somewhere. Um, we, which will form the base of what I want to share with us. What God has said, I might have to share with us today. Who are these who fly like a cloud and like doves to their roost? Surely the coastlands shall wait for me. The ship of Tashish will come first to bring your sons from afar. Their silver and their gold with them. To the name of the Lord your God and to the, God, to the Holy One of Israel because he has glorified you. The sons of foreigners shall build your walls. This is where I wanted to get into. 
The sons of foreigners shall build your walls. Their kings shall minister to you. For in my wrath I struck you, but in my favor I have mercy upon you. Therefore your gates shall be open continually. They shall not short day or night that men shall bring to you the wealth of the Gentiles and their kings in procession. For the nation and kingdom which will not serve you shall perish and those nations shall be utterly ruined. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Now, many times when we teach and preach from Isaiah 60, um, we proclaim it over people and proclaim it over the church as a personal prophecy of God bringing riches to the church and to the people. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because for all intents and purposes, that's why these scriptures were written. But like I always share with us, sometimes when you study the Bible, it's always important to understand the context in which it was written. Because that's also very, very practical. So, in the context this prophecy was written, it wasn't written to a person. It wasn't about a personal prophecy or God making somebody personally rich. There's nothing wrong again with applying it that way. But it wasn't written like David wrote Psalm 23 when he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That was very, very personal. And Psalm 23 talks about God providing for someone on an individual level and meeting your needs. Very, very important. Isaiah 60, on the other hand, was a prophecy over the nation. Over the nation of Israel. And it was a prophecy that even though the nation has scattered and has fragmented and things have gone wrong, because they were the people of God, and the children of God, God was now prophesying that a time will come, I'm going to bring you back together to this land and to um, your own land where you are scattered from, and I'm going to bring riches back to you. And it's a very, very powerful prophecy. And I believe it was in the 1950s, just this past century, that particularly that dimension of the prophecy of the people of Israel coming back to their own land, owning their own territory and owning their own land, that prophecy became practically fulfilled. In fact, if you read books that have been written about that time, the church and believers at that time that the end of the world had come, that Jesus was going to come back in the next 10 years, because this prophecy that has been written, this is thousands of years ago. Look at this part where he said... Um, your sons and your daughters, uh, what, what verse was that again? Verse, verse 4, lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together, they come to you. Your sons shall come from afar. Your daughters shall be nursed at your side. I mean, literal fulfillment of the prophecy that the nation of Israel will now come back together and for the first time in thousands of years, it was now established and recognized as a nation on the face of the earth. I mean, when that prophecy, when, when the United Nations and all of them 
finally granted Israel the right to establish a nation in the Middle East and what we know as nation of Israel today, everybody was, are you, I mean, Christians in particular, no, most of us were not around then and were not Christians. But you read books, people actually thought the world was coming to an end. That this was an amazing end time prophecy that God has, has come to pass. And we are still in the end time. And we even notice all the challenges in Israel, but it's just so amazing that God could do that. So this was a prophecy over the nation. And it's so interesting that a big part of what God said in that prophecy, apart from them coming from afar and coming back together, was that God was going to give them wealth in the land. Where he says that, um, let me read that part again as well. The sons of foreigners shall build your walls. Kings shall minister to you. In my wrath I struck you, but in my favor have had mercy upon you. Your gates shall be open continually. And so on and so forth. That wealth will come back to Israel. Today, Israel is one of the wealthiest nations on the face of the earth. It's a small nation, but it leads the world in many, many, many categories. In technology, in sciences, and they are very, very wealthy. Now, they still have challenges, though. There's still war, left, right, and center. They, they have all, I mean, I'm sure you follow the news. But we can see a good portion of what God prophesied in this chapter and other parts of the Bible that God will do for the nation of Israel. We can see it coming to pass. Now, let's come to Nigeria because... God told me this morning that we are going to do, we should do something, the church should do something, we are going to do it here today, that one of the things that is missing in our nation, Nigeria, particularly when it comes to wealth, we want to start talking about creating wealth. And please hear me very well, with the new administration that is coming into this nation, this is the word of the Lord to us, a lot of wealth is going to be created in Nigeria. Whoever the new president is. Whichever party enters, whoever they knew, eventually when all the dust settles and they finally agree on who the president is. <laughs> hey, praise God. Again, like I tell you, when I'm on the people tell me I'm neutral. Um, and we should operate on that level. It's not about which party or which candidate, no. A lot of wealth is going to be created in Nigeria like God prophesied over the nation of Israel here. Please listen to me very carefully. We talk about, when we teach Christians about wealth and prosperity in, in, in this part of the world, we, we make it a very personal thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there is a place for national wealth. Somebody say national wealth. Which is really what I want to talk about this morning. National wealth. And God told me that the church in Nigeria needs to start prophesying and teaching about national wealth. That's what God was prophesying over the nation of Israel here. I'm going to bless your land. I'm going to bless your nation. I'm going to make your nation rich. I'm going to make your nation wealthy. Hallelujah. It's not going to... Now, please understand, not everybody in Israel is a Jew. It is a Jewish state, but not everybody. Even in Bible days, not everybody was a worshiper of God. 
There were foreigners in the land. There were people that did not really worship um, Yahweh and all that in the land. But God blessed the land for the sake of his people. For their sake. Hallelujah. So I'm not talking about God blessing Christians in Nigeria alone. That will happen. Can I hear a loud amen? But God told me one of the major things that is missing in Nigeria is that this nation and believers in this nation must understand the place of national wealth. Where people in the country have opportunities available to them for them to have wealth and prosper. And he says, you need to start prophesying that over your nation. You need to start believing that. He said, if you only focus on personal wealth, and this is how we've taught prosperity in Nigeria a lot, where in spite of the darkness, I will still prosper. And there's a place for that. Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? But if all you know is personal wealth and individual wealth, even if you are wealthy in Nigeria, you will not be comfortable. Do you understand what I'm talking about? You will not be comfortable. There are too many poor people all around you. There are too many suffering people around you. You will not even feel secure. Many wealthy Nigerians travel. The people that could, they travel out of the country during this election period. They've left since February. And it's around May, June. They will start coming back. Because they don't feel secure. Do you know it's abnormal that there should be tension in the land just because you are doing election? Are we the first people to do democracy? It's abnormal. Now, it happens in many countries, but that's not it. There are some countries, the day they are doing their national presidential election, is like any other day. In fact, I mean, you, you watch developed countries, election can run for like two months. During your lunch time at work, early voting, that's what they call it. Go and vote. It's a normal thing. There's no worry about someone coming to snatch your ballot while you're trying to pray ballot. There's nothing about a tout coming to carry the ballot. The, the election is going to run for several weeks, a couple of months. You can, there will be early, you can start voting at a particular time. There will be a final day of the election. Typically, within 24, 48 hours, the results will be announced. Life just goes on. But when there is, please hear me, and, hear me, and countries that are like that, it's because there is national wealth. There is prosperity in the land. The land. Somebody say the land. The nation. It is not a function of the person you know or you don't know. It's not a function even of the God you serve or you don't serve. Please listen to me and listen to me very well. It's a function of God blessing the land. And that promise is in scriptures. The promise of God blessing the land, the land, the nation. It's a promise that God has given for his people over the nation where they live. And God said it's time for believers to start believing for national wealth. So, as we start talking about creating wealth, I want us to pray and prophesy this day. I'm going to teach a bit about it, and then we're going to decree it, that Nigeria will create wealth. I said Nigeria will create wealth. 
we all know that Nigeria is a wealthy nation in terms of resources that we have. But that wealth has not been translated for the benefit of the people. A few individuals have cornered it and are enjoying it for themselves. That comes to an end going forward in the name of Jesus. See, one of the things that has happened, particularly with this election, is that the nation is yearning for change. I don't know, can, did you feel it? The, the nation is yearning for change. And even with the election results we saw, things are not going to remain the way things were before. It's not going to remain. And one major change that needs to happen is that we need to create national wealth. Somebody shout a loud amen. amen. Well, for it to happen like anything else, we need to believe God for it. Second Chronicles chapter 1. Let me get into a few things here. Second Chronicles chapter 1, verse 15. Hallelujah. Also, this is talking about King Solomon. The king made silver and gold as common in Jerusalem as stones. Hallelujah. Remember the story of King Solomon. When he was going to become king, God asked him, what, will, what does he want? He said, give me wisdom to be able to rule these people. And God said, wow, you did not ask me for personal riches. You did not ask me for the life of your enemies. You did not ask me for good health. You asked me for wisdom. God was amazed. And God said, well, I will give you, uh, not only will I give you wisdom and riches, I will give you all the other things you did not ask for. So God gave Solomon an enormous amount of wisdom. And the Bible said he made silver and gold as common in Jerusalem as stones. Hallelujah. And he made cedars as abundant as the sycamore which are in the lowland. When Solomon became the king of Israel, something happened in the nation that not happened before his time. He created national wealth. Hallelujah. Silver and gold became common as stones. And I prophesy over Nigeria, whoever will be the president and the governors and the rulers in this nation, we decree they will operate in a level of divine wisdom where national wealth will be created in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Hallelujah. Third John verse 2. The Bible says, I pray above all things that you may prosper and be in health just as your soul prospers. Now, this is particularly talking to Christians. You enjoy prosperity to the degree where your soul prospers. What does your soul talk about? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Again, back to the fact that the war you fight with the devil is an internal battle. It's not an external battle. Many times we, we make that mistake. We are trying to deal with Satan just on the external. It's not an external, but it's, it's how you think on your inside. How you reason on your inside. The kind of mindset you have. I pray that you prosper. Please listen to me very carefully. And be in health as your soul prospers. If you are thinking about prosperity in Nigeria, and you are thinking about creating wealth in Nigeria, and you have not come to a place where not only do I want to have wealth for myself and my family and my business and my career. That's where most Christians stop. 
That's where we think of prosperity to that level, where I want to prosper to the point where I'm okay. Yeah, God wants you to do that, but I'm telling you that is not enough for you. That is not enough for your children. You now need to go beyond the place where I'm not only praying and believing for my prosperity. Yes, I want to prosper. And there's a place for that. And we need to teach and train believers. There's a way you walk so that you can have prosperity. I think I will get more into that next Sunday. But we now need to elevate the soul and the mindset of believers to the point where my, I, I have realized that for several years now. It's not enough just for you to be okay. When you're a pastor, you will know that. Ah, pastor is fine. Pastor has nice clothes. Pastor lives in, and you are looking at the members and people you are praying for, and they are not prospering like you. You won't feel comfortable. No leader will feel comfortable. And what we need is now to elevate the prosperity of our souls where we are now thinking about national wealth. Hallelujah. We prayed before the election for peace and prosperity within our walls. And I said something to you as we are praying for election. Election is not an end in itself. Election is not an end. What we need is for people that will now come into office, hallelujah, that have now been voted into office, however they got there. That's a subject for another day. But to now start by the help of God, making decisions that will move this country forward. And if we, the church, can prosper in our souls to the point where, you know, that's what we want for Nigeria. Hallelujah. That's what we are prophesying about Nigeria. That's what we are speaking over the land. And God will now cause that kind of prosperity to be evident in this country. Have you read some of the statistics that have been written about our country and our city, Lagos? Lagos is, yes, one of the biggest mega cities or states in the world, but it's still one of the poorest in the world. It still has some of the lowest standards of living in the world. Nigeria is supposed to be one of the greatest countries. We have oil and so many other minerals, but poverty level in the nation is still low. The church, look at your neighbor and say, you and I, we now need to believe. Tell your neighbor, we now need to believe. Standing on the promises of God, that God will bring prosperity to this nation. Can I talk to those of us that have not yet jackpot? <laughs> Praise God. Look, this old jackpot thing and people getting to the point where they left the country en masse and things like that. Why would people leave? And it's not that they don't love Nigeria. But where national wealth is not being created, hallelujah, and people can feel secure and feel they have a future and options are opening in other nations that have created national wealth. Why are they not going to Somalia? Or Iraq? <laughs> or Afghanistan? So people are not just, please hear me very well, people are not just traveling for traveling's sake. I'm sure we know that. Where are they going? 
they are going to nations that have created wealth for their people. Created employment for their people. Created security. They are not perfect, too. I'm going to come back to that. That is Isaiah 60. Please, listen to this. This is very powerful about the promise of God. The promises of God don't promise you perfection. Ah, America, the greatest country. It's an imperfect country. In fact, in some areas, more imperfect than Nigeria is. Ah, I'm going to Canada. It's an imperfect country. I was watching a documentary earlier this week. And it's about... So, um, some, and I got found out that, wow, the, the people that do these things, they are based in Canada. I was shocked. Canada. Uh-uh. Is this the kind of thing they are doing in this country? It's an imperfect country. UK, it's an imperfect country. But all these nations, time passed, generation passed, they have built prosperity. Somebody say for the land. The land. Oh, I'm not hearing you this morning. The land. Where anybody, even a foreigner, look at that text that we read. Go back to Isaiah 60. What does it mean when it says, strangers and foreigners shall do what? Build your walls. I remember the first time this scripture came live to me. I think I traveled to, we traveled to Dubai. And since then, I now started noticing when I go to the U.S., when I go to the U.K. and all these other countries, you will notice something very, very strange. First of all, the menial jobs, people sweeping the roads, the people driving the taxis, the people driving the buses, you will notice it's not the indigents of the country. It's not. You go to hospitals in the UK, hospitals in the America, you will barely see, not barely, but you will notice a number of foreigners, the doctors are the Indians and the Nigerians. The surgeons are the Indians, the Nigerians, and all these things. A nation like UAE, if Indians should get up one morning, all the Indians, and say we are leaving this country, that country will crash. Nothing will run again in that country. Because, please, I'm talking about national wealth. The sons of the soil, they are only the heads of the organization. No foreigner owns anything in a place like Dubai. Even in the U.S., most of the things are held by Americans. But look at what the scripture said. That scripture. Um, I want to read it to us again. Glory be to God. Verse. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Verse 10. Watch it. The sons of foreigners shall do what? What does that mean? There will be your doctors, there will be your drivers, there will be your what? Teachers in school, sons of foreigners. It happens in country. It's a blessing. I mean, God prophesied it here. He said, their kings shall minister to you. We talk about brain drain. People live in Nigeria. And I mean, there have been report after report to Jackpot that so many doctors, in fact, some doctors have come up in Nigeria that if we are not careful five years from today, we will not have enough doctors to run hospitals in the country. The hospitals that were not running before, or running well before. Where are they going? To countries that have created what? And that's what God prophesied over Israel. I'm going to do something for you. Your country will become so attractive 
foreigners will come. And you know there was a time we had that in Nigeria. How many of you are old enough where your school teacher in school was a Ghanaian? Talk to me. So God told me to announce to us, listen. And he said the only way it will work is if the church should start prophesying it. If the believers should start believing for it. Now, I know human beings. And after election now. <laughs> and after all these national things that our interests are gathered together. We are going to focus on our personal lives. And there's a place to focus on our personal lives. If I'm going to get to that as I close this morning. There's a place for that. But I want your soul to prosper this morning. What do I mean by your soul prosper? You need to renew your thinking. The land must prosper. Talk to me, somebody. The land must what? And for the land to prosper, look at what we talked about yesterday. We, by hope that comes from God's scriptures, yesterday, last week, by hope that comes from God's scriptures, we believe to see things that we want to see. We need God to bring prosperity into this land. I don't know about you. Me, I'm not trusting the politicians. So. They may have good intention. Me, I, I don't have the time or the energy to start arguing about somebody's intention. I can't read anybody's mind. They may have good intention. Even if they don't have good intention for their own political stability. I think every politician in Nigeria now knows if you don't serve well, you're not guaranteed of winning the next election. So they may not necessarily want to help the nation, but they know that in this day of LUP, <laughs> if you don't deliver, I mean, they were calling <laughs> my wife to come. I have never in my 50 years of existence a political party call you on phone. Retail politics in Nigeria. They were desperate. Ah, vote for also. And it wasn't robo, robo call. Somebody sat on the call that knew her number and everything and called. And that's amazing. So it's very possible that just because somebody wants to stay in office, and in a sense, this is what they've been doing. Ah, we build one bridge for them. I will, I will do one road for them. It's not enough. Listen, the, the standard we need to set, and it's going to start with the church. It's going to start with the church. If believers, this is what God said, if my people who are coming will humble them, themselves and pray, what are we praying for? What are, we, what are we asking God for? What have we seen in God's word that God has promised us? And I'm showing you today from this that God has promised us national wealth. God has promised us what they're enjoying in the U.S. where it is Indian doctors. You are not in India. You are in the United States of America. You go to the IT companies in the U.S. They are owned by Americans but the strangers that are, the people that are building the walls, the technicians are Indians. India doesn't have national wealth. Their situation may be slightly better than Nigeria. But people go to school, get a good IT education, and they go to the U.S. to go and work to build the walls in the U.S. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? Let's believe God for national wealth. Let's prophesy 
Now, to do this thing, you must not think very religiously because sometimes we think that it's only our people God should prosper or it's only Christians God should prosper. No, that, that's the thing about nation. And this is the interesting thing. God is not only interested in Christians. Now, God wants the whole world to be saved, hello, and to become Christians. But God doesn't start his interest in people after they become Christians. God is thinking about the Muslim. God is thinking about the traditional worshiper. Is somebody hearing me this morning? So we can trust God that God will do something in our nation. And this is an opportunity I believe this election, this is what this first scripture God spoke to my heart this morning. When I woke up and I said, praying for service, he said, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And God said, prophesy over the nation that joy has come in the morning. Yeah. Over the nation. Today I'm not here to prophesy over you, per se. I'm not here to prophesy over the church. I'm not here to prophesy over the body of Christ. God has helped my soul to shift a bit. So you prosper as your soul prospers over the nation. Hallelujah. One of the things we're going to talk about, let me just go ahead of myself a bit. Please hear me, hear me. And because we're going to pray and we're going to prophesy. Satan is limiting the prosperity you are enjoying because he's helping you to think just about your own space. And I'm telling you, God wants prosperity to get to my degree so that the grip that criminal organizations and terrorist organizations like Boko Haram can be broken over that kind of place. If there's no prosperity, those people will just continue to function there. But when national leaders rise up and focus, you know what, in the next five years, over northeastern Nigeria, we want everybody, every child in this place to have free education. And they will do everything to make sure it happens in a bid to create wealth. Somebody say create wealth. On a national level, regardless of your ethnicity, your religion, your, that's not where they are coming from. Hallelujah. Believers need to start thinking that way. That's what God was telling these people. People will come from all over the world. They will come to your country. They will come and school in your country. They will come and work in your country. They will come to build your walls. Strangers, that means they don't necessarily worship God. But I'm going to make you such a beauty and attraction to attract such people. That's what we need to pray for our nation. Hallelujah. Not praying that my tribesman wins the presidency. That's why you're still like this. I told you about the conversation I had with an elder. And they are still so bitter about the civil war. How will this nation move forward? Ah, I can never trust somebody from this tribe. I can never trust somebody from that tribe. I can never vote for it. The nation cannot move forward because you're not thinking about national wealth. You're still thinking about your tribe. You're still thinking about your part of the country. How many southerners, you and I included, are really, really concerned about all the insecurity that is going on in the northern parts of the country? Can I hear somebody say national wealth? Let me say this before we begin to pray and prophesy, please. And I want to close with this. One of the things, and we, by God's grace, next time that we get into this, one of the ways you create wealth, please hear me, hear me, I'm closing, but hear this. One of the ways you create wealth is that you do something, you innovate. 
you, you innovate and you, you build something that wasn't exist in existence before. A good example we can see literally nowadays is technology. So let me ask you a very simple question. How many of you use Uber, for example? Let me just use that. Raise your hand. You use something like Uber. Imagine if when they were building that app, Uber is an app now that I'm sure the people that built it have never stepped their foot in Nigeria. You understand what I'm saying? Now, they may have to visit, but they're not. But they thought, how can people in a country somewhere that have never been in the world move around, transport themselves? And they built that. They didn't start from there, but they built that thing in such a way where it is impacting lives in one far corner of the earth. And they transformed the way we move. You know, without Uber, you still be standing. How did you used to move around 20 years ago? Waving your hand. <laughs> Hello? For one old yellow cab. Although some of the Ubers I'm seeing today, so they are getting old, though. I don't know whether that's Nigeria factor or something. But please catch my point. They, they innovated. Hallelujah. Where prosperity is concerned for our nation, church, we need to innovate. Think differently. Hallelujah. And it starts from you not just thinking about what? Yourself. I can see many of your faces. This what I'm saying sounds so foreign to you. Because we don't teach these things to church people. You take this message to a developed, just, you may not use scriptures and things like this I'm doing. Go to a park, maybe in one European country, one of those wealthy, small, they are small, though. you look at the population of some of those Scandinavian countries, 15 million people, 30 million people. They are not even as big as Lagos. Some of them, are not, the population is not even as big as Ikorodu. But somebody had thought, you, you take this, you go to a park there and they start having a discussion and someone is saying, you know what, in this country, everybody must have health services. Everybody, if you are sick, it's not a matter of money. You know how people have died in Lagos, they rush them to the hospital and the hospital said, pay deposit or else we will not treat them. Some of you may even know people that have experienced that. In a country, some people came organize themselves. They didn't even use scripture. It wasn't even a Sunday morning sermon. I said, you know what? We are going to organize ourselves in this nation. Everybody rich or poor, you must have health care. Everybody. Whether you are the prime minister or you are someone that sleeps on the road. You fall sick. You go to the hospital. They must treat you. Ah, how are we going to pay about for it? We will figure out how we pay about it. And they organize themselves. And the only people we are going to vote into office, it doesn't matter whether you are from the north or from the south. Now, those countries, they are very ethnic in themselves. Maybe that's what helps them. So they see themselves as one people. And they vote those kind of people into office. And you fall sick, even if you are a foreigner from Nigeria, and you are granted visa into that country, you fall sick, they will, you go to the hospital, they will treat you. Many Nigerians have abused those privileges because they don't understand the concept of national wealth. 
You know all these issues, I'm, I'm closing, please hear me. I'm still going to go back to Isaiah 60. All these issues where you now have to be struggling to get visa to the UK, get visa to the US. It wasn't like that before. Hello, somebody. Why did they start restricting visas to countries like us? Now, apart from our population. That's by the, but the main problem is that Nigerians will go there and they see countries that have set up structures for national wealth where you can go to the hospital and get treated and make payments later. Get the treatment because they are so poor in their soul and the only condition to think about personal wealth, enjoy that benefit and then run away. And they look at the history, ah, all these people are coming from one country. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. Verse 15, Isaiah 60, let me close. God said, prophesy national wealth over Nigeria. And prophesy it at a time like this. That, listen to me, I believe, listen to me, all the prayers the church was praying for this election, please hear me, and I, I'm, I, I'm speaking prophetically now, what God was doing for our nation wasn't necessarily picking one candidate or one party over another. And there's a good reason why that is the case. The nation is a huge nation. It's a broad nation. Just the way you are shouting and screaming for your own candidate, perhaps because, oh, you like his ideas, maybe because you're a bit enlightened, there's somebody in northern Nigeria that has no education but has one vote like you. And the only way he knows how to vote is, I must vote my tribesman into office. And he's going to use his vote, quite honestly, whether they bribe him or don't bribe him, to vote for his tribesman. And that has kept us stuck as a nation. Hello? But God showed me as we were praying, the way God usually works behind the scenes, in an invisible way, God has already said restructuring things for this nation, Somebody say loud amen to that. <laughs> and the next four to eight years, I'm going to get into this for next Sunday, so much wealth is going to be created in Nigeria. I'm telling you. I, I read a report a few weeks ago that this wicked cashless policy that the last administration put into place, it cost the Nigerian economy billions of naira. Somebody estimated at least we lost like 20 billion naira in the space of these months that they cost it. For that reason alone, and now they've reversed the policy, and if you know the way these things work, it will rebound economically. All the things that weeping caused us to lose, as the new administration comes in, it's going to rebound positively, and joy will come for us in the morning in the name of Jesus. So hear me, there are going to be so many opportunities for individuals to make wealth. Glory be to God. In Nigeria, as the new government comes in, watch it over the next four to eight years. But one thing that will help all of us, somebody say all of us, is if we can go beyond ourselves, hallelujah, and think about the land. Listen to what God said he would do for us in the land. Please hear this, verse 15. 
and don't think this about yourself. I know you've thought about it, about it, but think about Nigeria. Instead of bronze, I will give you gold. Instead of iron, I will bring silver. Instead of wood, I will bring bronze. And instead of stones, I will bring iron. Watch. This is what we've been praying. I will make your officers peace. I will make your magistrates righteousness. He's talking about people in offices, public offices, magistrates. It's a prophecy and a prayer for the nation. Violence shall no longer be had in your land. Neither wasting nor destruction within your borders. Hallelujah. But your walls shall be called salvation. And your gates shall be called praise. The sun shall no longer be your light by day. Nor for brightness shall the moon give you light. But the Lord himself will be to you an everlasting light. I'm prophesying over Nigeria. And your God shall be your glory. Your sun shall no longer go down. Nepa will no longer terrorize you with darkness. That's my interpretation of that. Nor shall your moon withdraw itself. Do you know that there are countries, and I'm sure you know this, that because they believe in national wealth, there's 24 hours. That's what God said. You will have light 24 hours. It's not about sun or moon. Ah, rainy season, dry season. It's not seasonal. Hallelujah. Look, there are parts in the world where they only have daylight. Just about six, seven hours a day. By 2 p.m. in the afternoon, it has become dark. Northern hemisphere countries. But the sun is not their light, nor the moon for darkness. Everywhere you go, there's what? Power supply. And people must have sat down and said, how can we have light coast to coast in this country? And created it. Now, the story is that many northern hemisphere countries, they didn't even have a choice. If they did not invent electricity and make sure there was electricity coast to coast, when winter season comes, people will die. But those of us in southern and eastern countries, if Nepal doesn't give you light, just turn on your candle and sleep in heat. Tomorrow, sun will come and we can go to work. Oh, I have generator. I have inverter. I'm okay. And you are okay. But the nation is not okay. Hallelujah. Can the church come to a place where we believe God for national wealth? Let me read on and then we're going to pray. Hallelujah. Verse 20. Your sun shall no longer go down, nor shall your moon withdraw itself. For, the God, for God the Lord will be to you an everlasting light. Your days of mourning shall end. Ah, I prophesy that over Nigeria. The days of your mourning shall end. Verse 21. Also, your people shall be all righteous. Do you know if we prosper as a nation and God brings prosperity into this land, it will help us even in spreading the gospel. Now, sometimes it's the reverse. Where we spread the gospel, it brings prosperity. Hallelujah. They go hand in hand. Praise God. All our people shall be righteous. They shall inherit the land forever. The branch of my planting. 
the work of your hands that I may be glorified. A little one shall become a thousand. A small one, a strong nation. I, the Lord, this is the promise, will hasten it in its time. And this is what I want you to see. Please, this is what we are praying this morning. Let it come over the nation. Somebody say the nation. Listen, church, as we close and pray, thank God for how he has helped us over the election. We were concerned about peace, about political parties fighting and things like that. But if after the election, which is what we've always done, we forget about the nation. Somebody say the nation. Prospering. Even if you prosper individually, you still won't enjoy your wealth like you can enjoy it. Hallelujah. But what do we see in scriptures? God bless people individually. God bless Abraham. I'm going to get into that from next Sunday about creating. God bless David. God bless Solomon individually. But God also did something for them. God bless their land. Hallelujah. I want us to pray this morning. Lord bless our land. Rise up on your feet as we pray. We're going to prophesy. Hallelujah. Let's start with this. Everybody lift your voice and say, Heavenly Father. I can't hear you. Say, Heavenly Father. The promise hasn't changed though. God said, if my people will humble themselves and pray, I will hear from heaven. I will heal their land. Pray with me and say, Father, help us to create national wealth in this nation. Help us to create prosperity over the land, even according to your promise in Isaiah 60. As you did it for the nation of Israel, Lord, we your people in Nigeria, your church in Nigeria, your children in Nigeria, we pray and we believe you can do it in our nation. So Lord, we use the opportunity of this election season as the new national and states and local leaders are being elected into office. Lord, we use this season to stand in the gap again and pray that national wealth, somebody shout those words again, national wealth. One more time, say national wealth will be created in this nation. That wherever people are, whoever they may be, as long as they dwell in the shores of this land, they will have opportunities to find prosperity in the name of Jesus. Will you lift your voice? Let's begin to cry out to God. Let's be the preceding message was brought to you by King's Word Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at King's Word Auditorium, Etel Avenue behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-006-40.